0: Welcome to Mark Pod's The Xa Podcast from Seth Scruggs and Zachary Vaughn. I'm Seth
1: Scruggs. And I'm Zachary Vaughn. And I almost screwed it up again. <laughs> but I'm talking about it, so I did. And this is a show about
0: whatever we want to talk about. And this week, that, sh- that thing that we want to talk about is... Our short film that we made, Graveyard Shift. So, if you oh. follow us at all, if you follow this podcast, then you've probably noticed that uh, we haven't put as many rewatch episodes out, and we haven't put anything out um, even in the last week or two. And the reason is that we were very busy finishing up our short film, Graveyard, Graveyard Shift. Um, as we record this, came about about a week ago. Um, you can find it online. Um, we'll have um, there'll be a link in the show notes to that it'll be on our YouTube channel uh, we're really proud of it I think I think it's safe to say Zach. Mm-hmm. yeah yeah uh, but we wanted to take some time here and just talk about like making it what that was like the process and what we learned and just kind of talk through some of those things and I was telling Zach before we started I had originally hoped to have some sort of a plan about what i wanted to talk about and um i don't so that's the
1: great thing about mark pods the X, though is we can go into it without a plan right just an frequently idea do. yeah yeah usually we have a topic we want to talk about and we're like yeah
0: so that's exactly <laughs> what we're doing this week and so yeah we're just going to kind of talk about everything um, with the film so maybe we can start chronologically you you wrote the first draft of this and came up with the concept a couple years ago
1: yeah it was 2018 hold on I before think.
0: before you go into this we're not really going to jump into like a lot of the story of the film so it might be better to go watch the film first and then come yeah, and listen yeah. to this so you go should, go do that and it. then you should and listen to this so 2018 2018
1: 2018 i was working at a gym working overnights on the weekend and i was walking making my rounds knowing that only one person was in the gym because it was after midnight (laughs) it was after midnight it was in the witching hours and uh uh it was an the it was there was an old guy there who like man he was just he would he would go at it and i was i was happy for him um but as i was walking i saw he wasn't moving at on one of the ab machines and i saw it and i freaked out a little bit made my rounds a couple times and then when i came back he was moving he was breathing he was like looking around so i was like oh so i thought that he had died um and that was the inspiration uh for graveyard shift because i was like what if the person had died
0: well and if i remember correctly when you sent it to me originally at that point you actually sent me a couple of scripts yeah that the like the original idea was that it was kind of a series of misadventures. Right. Yeah. This was of, a
1: pilot. Yeah. For a like a web show of this guy who works at a gym. Um, right. And the the first episode was solid because it was this one. Mm-hmm. Um, obviously unfinished, but like the first, it was solid, and then the others were all like stretched to get to <laughs> that point. I think yeah. my I think my favorite thing that doesn't work <laughs> with the tone we ended up with was I was having him do some stupid stuff like at the beginning of every episode as we'd ca- like as we'd see him for the first time one of them he was like bouncing around a bunch of exercise balls and like gets nailed by one bouncing back at him mm-hmm. and one is him snorting a line of <laughs> protein powder yes
0: um, Which I think was, you tried to, you tried to make as the.
1: Yeah. I think I wanted that effect. to be the cold open on this. Yeah. Uh, but you said no, I think yeah. you were like, nobody's going to really know that it's protein powder. It's going to be a hard thing to show that it's protein powder. It,
0: there was that. And some of the stuff that we'll t- probably talk about is we developed more from the pilot perspective to a short film perspective because um, when th- th- certain things had to change, and part of that was the tone.
1: Yeah. So it was very aggressively Ryan Reynolds in the first
0: it, drafts. and of a it. little bit like he was a Ryan was a little bit more of a jerk. Yeah. In the in the first drafts of it. Yeah. And so he- when you when you brought it to me again, when you brought it up again last summer as we were thinking about like what we wanted to do next, you you brought up this one and I said, "Yeah, but it needs to be reworked in order to make it work as a short film." Mm-hmm. And that was because with the pilot with the series, it it's designed to keep going. And so the whole like governing principle of Seinfeld as a series was that nobody changes and nobody learns anything mm-hmm. so that you could continue to have these kind of crazy situations. Yeah. And you were kind of applying that logic to graveyard shift as a series, right? Where it was like, he's still well, a horrible person.
2: At yeah. He's not really going to
0: learn anything. He's kind of a jerk. He's slacking off. He's doing his He's doing his thing at this gym, mm-hmm. but it, he never really grew as a person. And we knew that wasn't going to work as a short film. So that was one of the first things was I didn't want to start. We, I knew that we had to make something. We needed to make him a little bit more of a compelling character and give him, a, give us a reason to care about him mm-hmm. as a person getting ready to like start this adventure and have something driving behind him more than just, well, I like my job and I like making money and this guy's a jerk anyway. So let me just mess with him yeah we needed something it could still be funny it could still have a little bit of that and i think he still has a little bit of that ryan reynolds sarcasm to mm-hmm. him but he had to have something more and that was where it came up like maybe he's working through the night to like pay for college and to like do that kind of thing yeah um and it made him it, we softened the character a little bit more mm-hmm. basically yeah doing that
1: And that was one of the things, because normally with our stuff, mostly coincidentally, then by design, most of our stuff has been, I'm the sole writer. You'll give me notes on it as the director, but I'm the writer. And I was at a place with that where I was like, I'm too engrossed in the original to get it there. And so I handed it off to you for some pretty significant rewrites um well it's still keeping the majority of it in there but
0: and if i remember that correctly like part of what happened was you you sent me a draft you did a reworked draft and sent it to me and i came back with like well what if you did this 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 and this and one of the things was originally all of the direct-to-camera stuff was written as voiceover and I said, what if instead of like a narration, it's actually him directly addressing the camera, bringing in that kind of Ferris bueller point of view. And then and there were a couple other things. And if I remember correctly, what you said was, yeah, why don't you just rewrite it and show it to me rather than giving <laughs> me all these notes? And I was like, oh, I can do that. Okay, yeah, let's just do it that way instead. He's like, if I remember correctly, you said, do you just want to write credit and you can just fix it and make it do what you want it to do? And then from there we passed back and forth drafts um, mm-hmm. uh, and just kind of shifted things around from yeah. there. Um, so from that, we nailed down the scripts and then started looking for people and all the, I don't, I don't necessarily know that we need to talk about like how we, cast our people like we we found we just happen to know the right people yeah um, and a lot in the right of places. like
1: like all the yeah all yeah, the right we people. just
0: happen to be in the right place at the right time mm-hmm. for a lot of those um and then fi- we found a location it's actually right around the corner from my house um one of the advantages so we we live outside of nashville one of the advantages of living in a smaller town is that people are really Open and welcoming to us like I don't know that we've we've had a couple issues when we've talked to people but overwhelmingly when we talk to people and say we want to come and shoot a short film here. We're a small crew. We're young guys. We don't have a ton of money. Um, it We've we've been treated really well. Um, we try to treat people really well and we haven't really had a ton of issues with getting locations for that reason, I think. Yeah. um, And, and that's, that's been really, really cool. Um, and we're really, really grateful to the people who have let us come and use their spaces for entire days. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. So we spent probably two months prepping this film, which is longer than a lot of short films get, but, but not as long as
1: definitely not as long as five minutes. Definitely yeah, and I five minutes
0: took longer just because of where we were. Like I was that's true, yeah. Six hours. It away. was
1: it was, yeah. Um there were a couple things impacting the pre-production line of five
0: right. minutes. But but this probably two months, does it sound right to you? Probably October. I don't know. We November. shot it in December. We shot it in December. I want to say that we had the full draft by the end of September.
1: Yeah, okay, yeah. So
0: we, we did October, November really prepping. Though yeah. we really knew, um, we knew once we said we're making a short film, no matter what it was, we knew the people that we were going to have on board crew-wise. Mm-hmm. Uh, We knew Tim Morris was going to be on as our DP. We knew we were going to bring back uh, Mary Grace, Fort Wells um our ad who is amazing and mm-hmm. we love a lot she's yeah she's incredible um the only reason that this film there there are two people that actually made this film happen and one of them is zach <laughs> by pushing it through and mary grace by actually making it happen on the day yeah um but we knew that the two of them and those and we knew from them we would be able to get the other people that we needed mm-hmm. um tim bringing in a gaffer um Zach and Mary Grace having connections to get us like PAs and sound audio and all of that. We knew that was going to happen. We knew Adam Vaughn was going to do our post stuff. Zach's brother, mm-hmm. who he's phenomenal at what he does. So we knew all of, we, we had all those pieces in place getting ready to start even really, I would say even before we had a script, that right? Like we knew uh, we were going to bring in those people.
1: Yeah, we 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 hadn't locked them in because it's right. not smart to try and schedule something that you don't have fully written yet. Um, but yeah, yeah, we we have we have a pretty solid, consistent crew. Yeah, when we knew we can. When we knew
0: we were making a short film, and we knew the people who we were going to call, all of those people were the the first people. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And then so once we got a date and we nailed it down, um, we we knew exactly what we were doing as far as like all of that. And because of that, like the actual pre-production process, we've, I'd say we've gotten decently good at. Um, we've been through yeah. enough of these, like organizing these ourselves, that we kind of know where our pitfalls are going to be. Yeah. Except... <laughs> Um, the thing that Mary Grace would probably want me to mention, which is, um, there were a lot of shots in the short film. It is a 18 minute short, which is a long short. It's almost a full episode of television. Yeah. And we had two, basically we had two 10 hour days, but we had to load in on the first day and load out on the second day. So, really, we had two eight-hour shooting blocks. Is that, does that sound right?
1: Yeah, eight to yeah. nine.
0: Yeah. So, we had about 16 to 18 hours. And I, I will not forget this. Uh, we had a meeting on the first day of filming, of shooting. Um, and Mary Grace said, if we were to shoot this at an industry standard pace, it would take 24 hours. And we have sixteen, so y'all better move quick. And we did. Um, yeah, we did. We, we got everything that we needed. Awesome, um, a
1: huge statement to the efficiency and quality of our volunteer crew, crew.
0: Um, mostly
1: college students too. Um,
0: which college is students really college really great. Th- yeah, um, but especially like with that, we we know because we've we've done a couple of these before and Mary Grace is just good at her job. She she knows what we need to do. We knew going in, like here are where the pitfalls are going to be when we have to move to a different space in the location, when we have to change setups or change lighting or do this or do that. We know that's where we're going to lose. We know how to work around those really well, I think. And we had a smaller crew, but a very nimble crew who worked really well together.
1: You say Which, we had a smaller crew. This is, I think, our biggest crew yet.
0: Yeah, but like in the grand scheme of things, like to try right. to for a crew to pull off what we pulled off. That's true. In the time that we pulled it off. It's a small crew. Yeah. Um, you know, we're not we're not like hundred and fifty people or even fifty right. people. Yeah. It's like 20. 20 people. Um, including actors. Mm-hmm. Um but what's really nice about that, and I think I'm talking a lot. Sorry, but that's fine. I think that what's really nice about that in the production phase is a lot of short films, independent films in general, even features. Lots of people have to play multiple roles because there's not enough money or there aren't enough people to make, um, to fill out the crew in the same way. We were very lucky. We've been very lucky. Um, that on especially on five minutes and on graveyard shift now, we were able to pull in enough people to fill out the crew so that you and I and all the other people on set, except for maybe like our PAs and Connor Outlaw, our best boy, in general, um, it, we're able to focus on the thing that they're doing. So our DP did not have to like run around and move lights in addition to being our DP. I did not have to run around and move lights in addition to directing. So when we're moving around a setup, we're I'm able to go and like talk to the actors about the next thing. And so it really, I think that actually helped us save a lot of time because I'm not having to do two things at once. You're yeah, not you having don't, to do two things at once. You
1: don't have to change from the From any sort of mindset other than directing the actors. Right. Back and forth.
0: Right. And I think that's especially important. I mean, it's important for everybody. For someone like a director, for someone like a DP or an AD, that's really important because you have to be zooming in and out from what are we shooting right now to how does this fit into the bigger picture? Mm Mm-hmm. And so if you're zooming all the way into the minuscule detail of where does that light need to go as the director, in addition to thinking, okay, what is the character feeling in this scene and where does this scene fit into the big picture? Eventually you just get exhausted Mm -hmm. and you're not able to do your job well. And so I was very thankful, especially with how quickly we needed to move. We were able to do that.
1: Yeah. Um, Yeah. My favorite thing uh, is... Like my, my favorite thing as a producer is getting a team big enough to do that, uh, because I love walking onto one of my sets. I also like being able to call them my sets. <laughs> uh, I knew
0: you. Were, I knew you were thinking that. But
1: <laughs> uh, I like being able to walk onto one of my sets and not have anything to do as the producer, because everybody has what they need. And currently there are no fires that I need to put out
0: physical or physical or metaphorical
1: metaphorical, financial like (laughs) (laughs) that because eventually those do come up. But uh, my favorite thing is being able to stand there not doing anything, knowing that we're not the job like the, the film isn't being slowed down by me not doing anything. Mm hmm. And that it might actually be slowed down if I did do something because right. I'd be getting in the way. But because of that, because, but that's it, that, that environment exists because I got the right people and enough of the right people.
0: Right. And I think, I think the word enough is a real key there. We're like, we don't need 50 people because that actually might be a hindrance because we're not going to be nimble enough to get around and do what we need to do. Yeah, it was a pretty we small need, building. Right. We need enough people. We, we don't need less than enough people. And maybe we could have had one or two more and it would have been fine. But what we really need is the right amount of people in order to create the best thing possible. And I, I think that we really had that. And it allows people to do the thing that they're good at. Mm-hmm. So like Chad, our gaffer if he hears this, thank you, Chad, you, you're amazing. Um, he was able to only focus on the lighting and only like nail that. hmm And Tim was able to work with him and with, um, the best boy Connor to make the best thing happen, to make sure that the camera moves and the camera shots looked good rather than having to do both. Mm-hmm or neither. And I think it really, I think it shows in the product that we're able to create where we're getting people who are really good at their jobs, who know exactly what they're trying to do and executing it to the best of their ability. And the best part is that has nothing to do with either of us.
1: Right. Yeah.
0: We just get, and and I think that's one of my favorite things about these projects is that we've been able to just like, bring in people that we like and let them do what they do well and kind of create this. It's almost feels like I'm like hosting people in my house a little bit where it's like, I get to like create this environment where people that I like get to come in and do the thing that they're good at. I get to Mm -hmm. do a thing that I think I'm okay at. I I think I'm, I think I'm pretty good at it. I hope I'm pretty good at it.
1: It's like a really complicated and expensive game night. (laughs)
2: <laughs> because this is like
1: this is what people enjoy doing like yeah and it's expensive like it's and they're not getting paid mm-hmm. so it's they wouldn't do it if they didn't actually enjoy right. it and want right. to do it so it's it's them coming in and playing for mm. 10 hours a day doing hard work doing hard work but like yeah like yeah, I guess playing is a little bit simplifi- simplifying. No, no but, I, but I know what you're saying. Like, yeah,
0: And I, I know that there were a couple times that we looked at each other and we were like, we, we did this.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Like, we, we made this happen and we got to make this thing with these people that we like. Honestly, and-
1: probably 50% of our interactions on any shoot other than Hit, because Hit was a mess, uh, <laughs> We didn't, any, we didn't marry grace because we didn't that is the, the exact reason um <laughs> but on any shoot other than hit 50 percent of our interactions are men we're doing this yeah there
0: it, yeah it's it's one of the coolest things to be able to have that happen on set um do you have anything any like funny stories that you want to share from set before we so we've talked about pre-production and production and so we move into post-production
1: yeah i mean i one of my favorite things was lunch on i think day two mm-hmm. you were talking about you're you were stressing out about stuff and i just said yeah. seth go upstairs because upstairs was my little like producer's office that we had, yeah. we had designated with my laptop and two chairs <laughs> and really really fancy i i said seth i said seth go upstairs i will bring you pizza and he said yep. okay and then he went upstairs and i brought you pizza yep and i, I was like go go upstairs and sit with your wife <laughs> i
0: think that i think that part of the issue at that point was not even it was a little bit the stress of time um though not really that it was just like i'd been when you're the director you're constantly making decisions about what needs to happen and making sure that everything is happening as it needs to happen on set, not not in like a logistical point, but like from a story point. Like, does this actually look like I need it to look for this thing? Are we actually framing this in the way that I need it framed? Are we? Is the actor actually doing what he? And So you're paying attention to like a thousand different things at once, and after doing that like two days in a row for long periods of time, you're just kind of like, okay, yeah, cool. Another- I'm tired. Like this is it's good but it it's it can be exhausting especially when and we did this to ourselves um again if Mary grace is listening to this I know we did this to ourselves when it's a night shoot yeah. two days in a row yeah that can really start to wear on you day shoots are totally different but a night shoot we were like oh yeah we've we've been doing this for a while um and like i I woke up this morning and like did a bunch of stuff at home and now I'm here working more mm-hmm um. Yeah, I I think I just want to point out that my favorite moment. Um, there's a shot in the film that is a close-up on Dick's mouth. And as we were framing it, we <laughs> we framing it up, and I th- said, "I think this is what I want you to do. I think this is what I want to see in the shot." And he framed it up. Tim, our DP, framed it up. And Chad the gaffer is looking through the monitor and he just goes, Oh, that's gross. <laughs> like, that's it. That's the shot. We nailed it. I know I know that it is exactly what I want it to look like because that's how he responded. Um <laughs> that, that's kind of the the downside of releasing films online is that you don't get that like audience validation. Mm-hmm. And so I, I, got to share it with my wife's family a couple of days ago and hearing them laugh, it was like, Oh yeah. Okay. So some of these jokes are actually landing because mm-hmm. I've only ever watched it in solitude. Yeah. Um, which probably wasn't a good move for a comedy, but it's over now, um, I know that I found it funny.
1: I, and I, I found it funny. Um, and, and ultimately, that- ultimately as, as monetarily, uh, haven't made it yet filmmakers <laughs> that's all that matters yeah if if we keep making stuff that we like then yeah. maybe and other people, people seem to have liked it, it yeah so far
0: um so so that's production let's talk about post-production zach can we not um so <laughs> w- one of the things i i knew that i wanted to talk about in this podcast was that uh it was kind of like what we learned yeah and I think, and some of this is actually probably going to be us talking through things in real time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. A processing, processing, and like <laughs> figuring things out in real time. So we, we've been through production a lot. Both of us have PA'd on, like we've been production assistants on a variety of shoots. Um, some big, some small. We know the rhythm of a set really well we know how to prep for a production in a way that gets us through production in a very efficient manner making sure that we get the best stuff as quickly as possible which is kind of that like intersection of what you have to do for a short film or Mm -hmm. for any any film really I'm going somewhere with this I promise
1: no, I know. I know exactly where you're going with this.
0: What we're not good at doing is prepping through post-production. Yep. And so what happens is we get through post-production. We there are things in production that we we're not like, "Oh, we'll fix it in post." kind of people. We're not that bad.
1: There were yeah, there were there were a lot of jokes made on set about that, but there were uh, with Hit with hit specifically, there were a couple of things, things where you, somebody would point out to me, hey, we've got this, and I would be like, I'm not worried about it. That's an easy fix. Right. So we'll keep going. It's it's a thing that will be easier to fix in post than on set.
0: Right. And, um, and that happens. Yeah. The problem it, on Graveyard Shift specifically, and it happened on 5 Minutes a little bit, though that was more... Hold on, User let me error. sigh
1: closer to my microphone so it picks up better.
0: <sighs> <laughs> um where we knew going in, these are fixes that will have to be made. These are things that are unavoidable, that we just like we're gonna have to fix it. We're not gonna be able to do it on set. We know what it's gonna take, and we know generally how to do it but we didn't think through exactly how much that was going to take and exactly how to do it. Yep. And so going into like every, every experience is kind of a learning experience. And so we kind of walk away with a list of this worked, this didn't, this worked, that didn't. Um, so we know what to do next time. So like on hit, we really didn't have a dedicated AD. Mm-hmm. And so we knew Walking away from hit, it was like we're not gonna not have an AD. Yeah, on the net. and it's just not gonna happen.
1: And we're gonna clean our lenses.
0: And we're gonna clean our lenses. Which
1: fun fact, I I saw Connor the other day, uh, who is our cam op for hit, and he also said
0: best boy on graveyard shift.
1: Yeah, he he said to this day, whenever he's setting up a shot, he makes sure he wipes down his lenses. Because, that because was, of that experience. Yeah. Which, like, if, if that's something that we get out of that, then that's great. Like right. it's a super basic thing, but it's something that is very easy to overlook.
0: Right. And so I think I think the overwhelming lesson from Graveyard Shift is that man, we got a pre-pro through we've, post-production. We yeah. we've got a prep through post-production. We can't just prep through production. Yeah. Um
1: there was it, yeah. a lot in uh in the in the vfx for this film there were a lot and, and i,
0: I want to clarify that's specifically what i mean like the editing of this film did not was not a laborious task the because, reasons because we i specifically um in the way that i think through planning to shoot a film i plan through the editing process mm-hmm. so generally speaking i know how a film is going to edit when we're shooting. I know mm-hmm. I like that's just how I think there's some people who like to find it and edit. I don't. Yeah. I, I know a lot the of people rhythms. overshoot
1: and then cut it down.
0: Right. I know the rhythms that I want to hit and the way that I want it to go when we're shooting. I know kind of where those cuts are going to be with editing. Zach edited this one. And so sometimes he can he'll pull something out and surprise me and I'll be like, Oh, I really like, that that wasn't what I was thinking, but I think, but I really like how it works. But most of the time, like I have a pretty set rhythm of what I want, where I want it, what the shots look like. So specifically, yeah, when I'm when I say like things we overlooked, I meant like visual effects that we have to like fix in post. Mm-hmm.
1: Um, one thing that I I'm gonna hopefully start doing or start bringing somebody on to do is to be on set in a visual effects supervisor role. Mm -hmm. Um, Somebody to look at stuff as we're going and not, not even just as we're going, but like look around the set when we get there, make note of, okay, this is a reflective surface, right? This is a brand. Mm -hmm. This is Uh, like information, like information, like sensitive information. Right. Um, I, this is because a lot personal, of personal, a personal detail about somebody in real life. Most uh, of
0: the visual effects that you see in a movie, you actually don't see. So like right. you might think of, um, you know, aliens flying around or something like a massive CGI set piece in a film. Um, But like, if you've seen our film, which I don't know why you're still here half an hour into this. If you haven't, we don't have a lot of that. What we did have was a lot of branding that had to be removed from, from certain shots, Mm -hmm. certain shots, certain shots, a lot of of shots, shots, a lot of them. And so it, that adds like another level of difficulty to actually making the
1: film yeah it's also it's also a lot easier like there there are easy vfx shots and there are hard vfx shots right so like an, an easy vfx shot is like a muzzle flash it's super easy to do super easy to track it to a gun if you need to add in your elements brighten it up brighten the muzzle flash on their face a little bit boom you're done but
0: it, it's when you've got a static something that people start moving in front of and the camera starts moving and mm-hmm. all those kinds of things that really yeah. start to um, drive your VFX guy crazy. Yeah. And I would go a step further than what you're saying with the VFX supervisor on set. I think what we needed to have done is mapped out the sh- the shots a little bit better potentially and planned out like okay, these are the actual VFX shots and knowing like going into shooting, like not only like this is where it is and this is what the shot is and this is what has to be taken out or whatever, but like literally this is how it's going to happen. This is how hard it's going to be to do it. This is, and then like coming up with alternatives Mm -hmm. rather than just saying, well, I know how to do that in theory knowing like this is how it's done this is what it's going to take and are we prepared to take that do we know somebody who could do it yeah and thinking like all the way through post-production yeah on that rather than just through you know what we think we could do
1: yeah yeah taking a holistic approach right. to or a holistic view Of VFX so that it's not me making a list of all the shots that need something after I've gone through and we have the final sequence. Right. It's knowing, all right, there may be some things that we miss in this, but generally this is what we're going to need.
0: And I think that's going to help us ultimately hold to a better timeline of like a release schedule mm-hmm. and hold ourselves to that better. I, I think we did like, we did okay on this one. we, it,
1: we did I mean, about we did, what we did. It was pretty similar, oh, a pretty similar timeline to five minutes. Yeah. About six um, months, which isn't great. Actually, wait, five months, months after shooting
0: five months after shooting
1: yeah uh four months which, after shooting four months yeah january february march april yeah four months after shooting which isn't terrible which isn't bad for a film it's not great for a short film no um, and but like as far as like what we
0: you know bearing in mind we both have full-time jobs i went through mm-hmm. a job change in the middle of the post-production process like there are lots of extenuating circumstances and but like when we when we set out originally we said i think this is what's feasible mm-hmm. and i think we ended up releasing two weeks after that yeah um our original date so and not terrible and, not ideal but not terrible
1: yeah there, there's also that phrase uh when, when making a movie or, or probably a lot of things, it's probably not just for movies, but when making a movie, you have three things, three, three ways that you can make it. Um, there's uh, cheap, there's good, and there's fast. And when making a movie, you can only pick two of those. Right, right. Um, and so like we. By necessity, have to pick cheap
0: right <laughs> so we can either choose no matter fast yeah. or good and that's the yeah. those are our only options
1: yeah and we would much rather do good than right. fast because that says much more about our ability as filmmakers right like we could we could we could crank out a piece of garbage every month right um and maybe not a piece of garbage, but we could crank out a piece that doesn't come off nearly as well as Graveyard Shift every month. Right. Um, or we could take our time yeah. and release something of a much higher quality or much happier with after eight months total-ish.
0: And I, And I feel like we know our limits a little bit better now where it was like we were kind of like oh well we'll just do it we are the post-production team and so it starts with me and Zach and it ends with me and Zach Mm -hmm. and it starts with us it ends with us and we'll just do it and I think that what we learned here was like that's not like there's a reason that we have people who join us on set yeah yeah and so but, but, what it what it unfortunately meant for us was like we were like, well, what we can we can finish shooting and then like start working on the next thing mm-hmm. but because this put so much on us because we didn't prep through everything, we weren't able to get a jump on the next thing that we wanted, yeah, to make, it took a lot of mental real
1: to. estate for months. At right. least on my, especially on my end. Yeah,
0: especially on your end. And I don't want to, like, you did a whole lot on the VFX. Um, significantly more than I did on the VFX. But you did the rotoing, which was really my right. biggest stressor. Right. And, and I don't think I realized how much it was taking up in my head where it was like, this project isn't done yet. And so I felt like I couldn't totally shift gears to another one because I wanted mm-hmm. to keep up
1: with what was going on. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and for me... I was procrastinating so much. that's that's one of the reasons that's the, the biggest reason why it took so right. long is because a lot of procrastination on my end. Um, because I was completely stressed out um, and not wanting to do it. I was I started in one uh, one program and it was just so slow because I was working with a learning curve from switching from after right. effects. To also, this can't do all the things that I'm used to After Effects being able to do for me, and right. so it was also it was pushing a ball up. It was pushing a boulder uphill, and I also wasn't like wearing shoes. Like it was, it was like pushing a ball a boulder uphill, and there's snow on the ground, and I'm not wearing snowshoes. So it's right. just a constant fight and underneath until, the
0: snow is broken glass
1: yeah <laughs> yeah and i'm not even just not wearing snowshoes i am not wearing any shoes right um and so it, it took you saying hey what if we switched to after effects starting the vfx from scratch right uh what if we did that and i was like you know what i think that'll make it easier and i think we ended up doing the vfx in about a month when right. i yeah. had been working on the vfx slash not working on the vfx for 3 months at that point yeah That's and a- we did the whole thing and i wasn't even halfway through probably yeah um and then we started from scratch and was we're done in a month um so yeah, yeah. so what we
0: what i think we're taking away from this film is we got to think through More, yeah, (laughs) just for ourselves, yeah, um, and to to make in a in order to make something that we actually are proud of in a way that doesn't mentally strain us, Mm -hmm. Um, yeah. And the
1: tricky, the tricky thing with post production VFX is that's a much generally a much longer, more arduous ask, mm hmm. So like that's, that's not something I feel comfortable asking somebody to volunteer their time for. Right. And so until we can actually pay people to do that, it's, it's going to fall on you. (laughs) me, Right. Mostly me because just the, 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 the nature of them. I have more experience just, yes, doing, um, And like, I, I just, I'm aware of that. (laughs) Right. But it's, yeah, it's, 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 it's hard to move on to the next project when also the producer is stuck, not being able to move past the previous project. Right.
0: So all that to say, looking forward, we're not sure what our next project is going to be. Yeah. We hope to be making something within the next couple of months. um, And we're we're looking forward to it Um, until then we're going to be getting back to rewatch and back to doing stuff like this and making stuff.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: We're, we've got a we have a couple of ideas of things that we're going to do. We're just mm-hmm. not, I don't think we're at a point where we're like, yeah, let's announce what the next big project is yet.
1: Definitely not.
0: Definitely not. So
1: yeah. hopefully within about a month, we'll have something though. Yeah.
0: Are you putting a deadline on me? No. <laughs> Are you putting a deadline on you? No. Definitely not. <laughs> uh before we say anything that we'll regret (laughs) uh we can we can end this thank you for listening to this uh conversation about graveyard shift if you haven't seen it yet uh follow the link in our show notes and you can check out graveyard shift online we're really proud of it um we're really uh, happy with how it turned out um and glad
1: that it's finally done
0: and glad that it's done um and thank you to everybody who worked on it. I'm not gonna name everybody because I definitely would forget somebody, but we're we're so we're so incredibly proud of the team that we have and so incredibly proud of what we were able to make together. So thank you to everybody who worked on the film. Zach, where can people find you online?
1: Uh, they can find me at Zachary Is Thinking on Instagram and Zachary Vaughn on Letterboxd.
0: And I'm on Instagram and Letterboxd as at Seth Scruggs. Uh, We'll be back next week with something, something else. And uh, we hope that you'll join us then. All right. See ya.